We spend time sharing testimonies because there might be those who are discouraged. Today we're actually going to pray specifically for the things we want God to do in our lives. The deacon and deaconesses have pieces of paper and pencils. I'll ask them to pass those out now. And I want you to write as many things as you want God to do for you. When I was thinking about this, I thought, uh, well, maybe I should ask people to write one or two things. <laughs> and then I was reminded of the two verses we're going to look at. Jeremiah 12, verse 27. If the communication room can put that up. Jeremiah 12, 27. Jeremiah, and this is verse 26 actually says, Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, saying, and this is verse 27. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? And I said, why would I limit us to one or two things? When God says what? Anything. Is there anything too hard for God? Mark 9, verse 23, or 22, 23, 22 specifically, 22 and 23, and often he has thrown him both into fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And this is the young boy that was demon-possessed. And Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. So there is nothing too hard for God. Do we believe that today? Do we really believe that there's nothing too hard for God? So whatever might, it might be, the most difficult thing, the thing you actually think from a human perspective, there is no way it can be done. I want to remind you today that God can do anything and everything. We just need to commit to him. I'll ask the praise team to come forward as we sing this song, Miracle Worker. Miracle Worker Praise Team, and then take a few minutes to write down what you want God to do for you, and the deacons and deaconesses will co collect this Miracle Worker Praise Team. Miracle Worker, he's a miracle worker. Come and do a miracle, a miracle today. Come and do a miracle, a miracle today. You are a miracle worker. Yes, Lord, you're a miracle worker. Come and do a miracle, a miracle today. Come and do a miracle, a miracle today. Your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. You're a miracle working God. Your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. Oh, your name is Yahweh. You're a miracle working God. Your name Yeah. 
change, change our destiny, destiny today. Come and change our destiny, destiny today. You are a destiny changer, oh destiny changer. Come and change our destiny, destiny today. Come and change our destiny. sins, nor punish us according to our iniquities. 
For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is, is his mercy towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass, as a flower of the field, as so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting one the, on those who fear him, and his righteousness to children and his righteousness to children's children, to such as keep his covenant, and, and to those who remember his commandments to do, to do them. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word, Bless the Lord, all you his hosts, hosts, you ministers of his who do his who do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, all my soul. Bless this reading in Jesus' name, Amen. My name is Damisid, and I'm very happy to be here in front of you all. Thanks to the church leadership for allowing me this platform, and special thanks to Uncle Eb, because he asked me to do this a few weeks ago, and I initially said no, but then I felt the Holy Spirit prompting me, and I reconsidered. And so I'm very happy. Um, I believe that I have... One of my spiritual gifts is encouragement, so I'm going to encourage all of you today with my testimony, and I think testimonies can be so powerful in reaching other people, and the best thing about testimonies is that we all have them. You don't have to be special to have a story, and you don't have to be special to share your story, so I'm going to share my story today, and I hope that it blesses all of you. Oh, I'm also really thankful for all of my friends who are here. I'm so happy to see you guys. A lot of you I invited just this week few days ago, yesterday, today. So I'm really happy that you guys came to support me. I really appreciate it. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, I am moving to Nashville this weekend, and I'm attending Vanderbilt University. I'm getting my Master of Education in Leadership and Organizational Performance. And the story of how I even got to this point is just a story of God's leading and his guidance. Um, Vanderbilt was not my first choice. It was actually probably my last choice among the schools that I applied for, um, partly because the location, I felt like I would have a really similar experience to UGA. You know, I was like among, I was one black person among a lot of white people and I wanted a different kind of experience. And then also I didn't have a support system around me and the other places I did. So Vanderbilt, I wasn't really thinking about, 
um, but it's actually the most prestigious school of the schools I apply to, and the education program is number six in the nation. So it's a very good school, and God knew what he was doing, but he also knew that he had to, he really had to make it clear that he wanted me to go there because, like I said, it wasn't my first choice, but that is what he did. So the first thing that I'm going to talk about is um, the job that he gave me. So a graduate assistantship is a job that they give to graduate students that can help you pay for your tuition and they give you a stipend and it's very competitive. And so Vanderbilt had a lot of assistantships just thrown at me, whereas the other schools I was asking them for financial aid, there weren't a lot of options. So I applied to three assistantships at Vanderbilt and I was asked to rank them based on my preference. So I ranked them and I got called back for interviews for two of the positions, the one that I ranked one and the one that I ranked three. So I got called back for interviews and I had the one that I ranked third first. And I loved the interview, it was five people on Skype and I just loved the vibes and I really wanted to work in that office and I regretted ranking it third. I mean, I tried to change it but I couldn't, but I just said, okay God, it's in your hands. The next day I had an interview for the place that I ranked first and I didn't have that same feeling, so I, was, I didn't really like the vibe. Um, so later on that day, I went to visit my old job on campus. I worked at the Dean of Students office, and I went to visit their office to give a thank you card to the woman who wrote me my recommendations. So I went to the office, but she wasn't there. So I left the thank you note, and I said, I may or may not come back, probably not. She already has the note, it's fine. But somehow, something told me to just go back. So I went back to the office, I saw her, thanked her, but she couldn't talk for very long because she had a meeting with a student. So I was on my way out when the dean, or when the dean's assistant said, oh, you should go see Dr. Bill, that's the dean, he's in there, you should say hi to him. Mind you, every time I had gone to visit the office since I graduated two years before, the dean was never in his office. He was always out of town in a meeting. He was never available. But this time when I wasn't even there to see him, somebody called me back to say, okay, go see the dean. So I said hi to him, we started talking and I told him about my whole experience. I told him um, that I interviewed for two jobs at Vanderbilt and he said, oh, I know two people that work at Vanderbilt. It just so happened that the two people that he knew are two of the five people that were in that interview with me. So I know it's only God. So then we took, oh, we took this picture and he put it on Facebook and he tagged two of those two people, he tagged them and he basically was saying, oh, Damacy would be great at Vanderbilt, kind of nudging them. And so that was blessing number one. So moving on from that, the week after I had heard back from the first, or I had heard back from the one that I had ranked number one and they, they didn't pick me and I was relieved. I was like, okay. <laughs> um, but I was waiting to hear back from the other one and I didn't hear anything, so I was a little bit anxious. Then I went to Dallas, Texas for spring break to see one of my friends, and she gave me a choice of three churches to go to. There's a Nigerian church there, there's a predominantly white church, and there's a predominantly black church. They all had their appeal, but I chose that I wanted to go to the predominantly black church. When we got there, the welcome happened, and I don't know why I was feeling shy, but I didn't want to get up. It, was, it wasn't until the first person was actually introducing themselves that I reluctantly got up. So I said where I was from, who I was visiting, I said I was from Georgia. During the meet and greet, a guy comes up to me and he's like, you're from Georgia? I'm from Nashville. And I, I didn't really see the connection, but I just went along with it. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, well, I'm actually um, thinking of going to school in Nashville. He asked me what school. So I got into two different programs at Vanderbilt. 
he had just graduated from the other program that I decided I wasn't gonna do. Um, he had just graduated. Not only that, but he had worked in the same office that I was applying for, that I was waiting to hear back from. Not only that, but the director of the office was one of his, he considered him a big brother. He, would just, he was just talking to him the week before. Um, he's an SDA, he's an SBA, and he's an elder in the local church, and he had great things to say about him, but he got my number, and he was like, you're going to get this job. I was like, you know, if God wills it, I'll get it, but he was so confident that I would get the job. So that was the second part. I went home on Sunday, and on Tuesday, two weeks after they told me they would notify me, was when I got the call that I got the job. So I was very, very grateful, and then the week after that, um, is when I paid my commitment deposit. It was actually on my birthday, April 15th, um, that I paid my commitment deposit, and I was like, okay, I'm going to Vanderbilt. So the second part of my testimony has to do with housing. So the next thing to do was to find a roommate. So I got on the grad school portal, and I started texting this girl. As you can see, everything seems like it's going well. She said, I think we'll get along really well. This is April 16th. So for the next few months, we were talking back and forth, trying to get things done. And two months later, I get this text from her, June 17th. Hey, Damisi, I have been given another housing opportunity with a different roommate, and I'm deciding to take it, wishing you good luck in your housing search. Out of nowhere. <laughs> but after about 45 seconds of being disappointed, I was really grateful because if I'm being honest, there were a lot of red flags along the way that I shouldn't probably room with this person, but I didn't want to listen because I was like, I don't want to be a flaky person, so I just didn't say anything, but God knew what I needed. <laughs> so, um, so I started, wow, I'm way ahead of my notes here, hold on. So I started, um, I started back on the portal, um, texting people I knew, going on Facebook groups, and I was texting people, and for some reason, every door was closing, and I was confused because I was like, Everything seems to be going well, then a person will just stop texting me out of nowhere. Or, um, and I was ready to compromise on my budget. I was ready to compromise on who I was living with, where I was living, so many things. Because at this point, I was getting pretty desperate. Um, but and when I was getting to that point of worry, which was about three and a half weeks before I was moving, um, I got a text from a family friend. So my cousin's best friend lives in Nashville. She works there. And she knew that I was moving there, and so she randomly texted me. She sent me this message, hey, just wanted to see how your housing search is going. And I said, actually, I haven't found housing yet. And she was very surprised to hear that. And she said, I felt impressed to reach out to you this morning. And I really thought you had already found a place, but God told me to text you. I was like, no. Fast forward about five, six days later, we're making plans to live together. And this is a person I know, so I don't have to be worried about that. She has furniture, so I don't have to go out and buy more furniture. This is under my budget, and it's a better place from any of the places that I looked at. So if this doesn't show you God's faithfulness, it was just amazing. And this is three weeks to today that I'm moving. So, um, okay, so Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 say, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And these verses have never rang so true in my life than this, because um, 
if I had it my way, I would have known two months before where I was living, everything would have been established. But the way God did it was he wanted me, he wanted me to see that this was truly him. So he waited till almost the last minute. In my eyes, it was the last minute. And he, it's better than I ever could have imagined it to be. Um, so I keep attributing everything to God. And I don't know, I know we're all believers here, but there can be some people who are wondering, well, how do you know this was God? You know, this could be a coincidence. You were at the right place at the right time. But I know that this was God um, because of my personal relationship with him. And um, I know that it was God showing me his love and his mercy. A personal relationship with him is so important. The more you get to know God and the more you get to know about him, the more you see him in his real light of his power and what he can do. And you start to see yourself as minuscule and really nothing compared to God. And that really helped me just trust him because I'm like, I'm just here. You're really the one doing everything. Um, so... I, if you don't know who God is for yourself, people will tell you who he is. People will tell you different things. People will tell you he hates you because of the sins you committed. They'll paint their own pictures of God, and if you're not careful, then you might start to adopt those pictures as your own, whether or not they're accurate. Even in church sometimes, I feel like we limit God. We talk about God. We're like, okay, this is how you worship God. This is what you're supposed to do. But I feel like God, God goes beyond all of our imagination, beyond what we may think. And we need to be open to who God is. Um, John 9 tells of one of my favorite stories in the Bible. It's about the, the man who was born blind. Um, the Pharisees kept asking him questions, trying to throw him off. How did you receive your sight? What is it that you're saying about this man? He opened your eyes. They were trying to confuse him and get him to deny God. But he knew what he saw, and no one could convince him otherwise. And that's what I'm talking about, the power of a personal testimony and a personal walk with God. Whether he is a sinner, I do not know, he said. One thing I do know is that though I was blind, now I see. His personal experience and testimony was all he had to hold on to, and that was enough. I want to encourage all of you today, especially the young people, to get to know who God is for yourself. Um, you're old enough to be reading his word, looking up things, asking questions. Don't be afraid if you have questions about God, if you have doubts about God. I know we all pretty much grew up in church, so we feel like we know who God is, but it's important to know who God is apart from your church. It's important to know who he is apart from your parents, apart from your family, um, because God is awesome. And um, I personally went through a time in college, it was about a two-month period, where I really struggled in my faith. I really didn't think that God existed. And I had a lot of questions, I had a lot of doubts, but I didn't always feel comfortable sharing them with people. Um, and I'm just grateful that God brought, brought me out of that place. But for all of you young people who may have questions and are um, nervous and can't talk to people, this is my number. I'm going to Nashville, but you can text me, you can call me, write it down. Um, I will pray with you, I will talk with you. Um, and if, if I can't answer your questions or you know get you to that place, I can find someone who can. But it's just really important to me because I know when I was in that place, that was important to me. I needed someone to talk to. And um, I know who God is now for myself. And the God I know, I want everyone to know as personally as I know him. So I started off this message talking about how much God has done for me. And sometimes it's hard because you think, how can I even repay God for everything he's done? What I told you today is just a snippet of this whole Vanderbilt story and everything else he's done in my life. But what I can do is worship him. That's the least I can do. 
I remember growing up, seeing my parents in church sometimes, lifting their hands, and I kind of felt embarrassed to do it myself. I was like, okay, what are they doing? Until I went to college and I joined a ministry where I saw young people on their knees. I saw them lifting their hands, crying out to God, unashamed to proclaim the name of God. And that really inspired me. And I even started leading worship with that organization. And God revealed to me a gift that I didn't even know I had. So don't be afraid to put yourself in new situations. Get yourself out of your comfort zone. Because God can teach you a lot about him. And he can teach you a lot about yourself through those experiences. Um, And I say all this to say... Don't let an outsider dictate how you're going to worship God or how you're going to live your life. They don't know your story. They don't know what God has done for you. And so um, let God himself dictate how you'll worship him with everything that he does for you. So what's your response to him when he wakes you up every morning? I'm wondering if I have anyone in here who has been in a near-death experience. Is there anyone who's been in a near-death experience? Has anyone been in really bad car accidents and were spared? Does anybody have family and friends, close family and friends who may have passed away from one reason or the other? God has blessed us so much. Has anyone made any reckless decisions that probably could have cost you your life or something, but God spared you? I've been in that circumstance. Has God been good to anybody in here? I'm so so encouraged by all the testimonies I heard today. It means that we are sharing the good things that God is doing for us. Um, But as God does things for you, I encourage you all to write them down. Because as good as he is to me, I still forget and start to doubt him at times, even though he continuously proves to me that he's a good, loving, caring, faithful father. I'm still worried about things. Um, But when I look down at my journal and remember how he's delivered me, how he has spared my life, like my dad said, that's what my name means. And I truly see how God has spared my life. (laughs) And I can't help but worship him. And I can't look to anybody else to worship him for me because it's me that he's done everything for. So the passage that was read earlier comes from Psalm 103. Jesse, I know it was long, but thank you for reading it. Um, It says, bless the Lord, O my soul. And the part that I want to focus on is the forget not all his benefits. It then goes on to list all the things that God has done, big and small, and it continues to mention, bless the Lord, O my soul. I want you all to think about your testimonies, your stories, what God has done for you, big or small. What is your response to him going to be? Thank you. Um, And so when you think about those things, I want you to say your own psalm of worship to him, like Psalm 103. I'll invite the praise team to come up at this time. The song that we're about to sing is called My Worship. It's extremely simple but powerful. The words say, you, Lord, you are worthy, and no one can worship you for me. Here's my worship. And no one can worship you for me.
is my worship. All of my worship. Receive my worship. All of my worship. You, Lord. You, Lord. You are worthy. I want to make an appeal for um, anyone who has seen God's goodness in their lives and maybe you feel like you haven't been worshiping him the way that you should. You haven't been responding to his goodness. You've kind of been just seeing it. Sometimes you forget what he's done. I know I'm guilty of that. If you want special prayer to help you to worship God the way that he deserves, that doesn't you know, it looks different from eat for each of us, but if that is your desire and if that's your prayer, I'm going to ask you to stand and come to the front. Um, also, if you're a young person, and really anybody here, if you have doubts about God, if you, you don't really know if you've had that personal experience with him yet and you want that, I also welcome you to stand and come to the front, and I will offer a prayer of dedication for all of us so that we can worship God the way that he deserves. Come to the front, please. Come to the front. Hold somebody, because we're in this together. Our dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for this praise and prayer service. Thank you that we've been reminded of how good you are. Thank you that you don't look at what we do before you are good to us. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness, your kindness, your mercy, your grace. You, you give us so many chances. You are faithful. Thank you for surprising us with good things. Thank you for sparing our lives. Thank you for healing us. Thank you for everything that you have done and everything that you will do in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for your son. Thank you for sending him to die for us. Thank you for blessing us day in and day out more than we can ever imagine or more than we deserve. Right now, I just want to ask for forgiveness for not worshiping you like you deserve. And I pray, Lord, that you will give us mercy. I pray that you will, your Holy Spirit will empower us to worship you the way that you deserve. I pray that you will be with us. Um, let us write down the things you do for us. Answer our prayers, the ones that we wrote down on those cards and the ones in our heads. I pray, Lord, that we will see you for who you are. I pray that you will help us develop that personal relationship with you. Everyone here needs a word and needs a touch from you, Lord. So I pray that you will touch them, speak to them in a way that only they would recognize. I pray, Lord, that you'll be with any person here who is doubting you, who doesn't know whether you exist, who doesn't know your power, Lord. I pray that you will meet them where they are. I pray that you will surround them with people who will speak life into them. I pray that you will surround them with things that will uplift them, and you will speak to them personally so that they may know that it's you and no one else. I pray that you will cover us from the devil's um, 
devils tries to thwart us and thwart your plan for us, Lord, I pray that you will deliver us from that, and I pray that we will continue to walk with you forever. Thank you, Lord, for even the privilege to worship you. I know a lot of people in other places cannot freely worship you the way we can. So I pray that we will take advantage of this, and we will not take it for granted. I pray that you will help us only by your spirit and be with everyone as they go home today and whatever their plan is. I pray that you will give them safe traveling mercies and bless them and their families and mend every broken heart here, Lord, and continue to show us how good you are. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Thank you all.